Hello, welcome to Time to Say Goodbye. Uh, it is the 11th of October. I know that because October 12th is the day that my book, Loneliness, <laughs> The Loneliest Americans, comes out. And the I loneliest. should know the day that comes before 12 is 11. So it's October 11th. Congrats. Now, this is like we don't Eve, do a lot right? of book Eve. Yeah, book release Eve. We don't do a lot of book uh, self-promotion on the show. In fact, sometimes Tammy writes articles or I write articles and we don't even mention it, you know, actually in a way that, you know, I don't know. Do we feel bad about that, Tammy? Are we no. like some... Do, okay. <laughs> there have been a couple articles you've written that I thought were very good, you know? And then I've uh, I then I've realized like a few days later, I was like, I didn't even tell Tammy that I thought that article was good. And <laughs> also okay. we didn't talk about it on the show. And then I was like, maybe we're being a little bit too... Too maybe we need to turn of our turn ourselves into brands a little bit more yeah you, <laughs> you need to follow don dorland's path right yeah now. yeah teaser and we're not there yet <laughs> yeah, sorry. i appreciate the segue attempt sorry. but uh you've set you've you've segued into nowhere <laughs> you've said seg- you've segued into like an area that's still under construction you know and they're like we're not ready for that bridge i think the reader and then has... you're like the bridge is there yeah <laughs> they've read the show notes they know it's coming oh my god no nobody's read the show notes uh they've just downloaded it on yeah, they, they're started. playing it in their car you know <laughs> driving around i don't know where do our listeners live um like hyde park chicago or something like that <laughs> or um where i don't know Atlanta iowa, or iowa city or, iowa yeah. yeah or um you know Whidbey island <laughs> but yeah, my, my mom. <laughs> um, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, right? And they're like, they have not read the show notes. But maybe, you know, on the phone, it will tell them what it's about and then it'll say the word kidney on it. And maybe that's how yeah. they Anyway, hi, how are you guys doing? I'm with Andy and Tammy. Good. Guys, it's a good. stressful, busy week so far, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. It it's like and one I mean, of the. Brooklyn stresses me out. We're it's all stressed like, out. This is like the worst. This is going to be the worst week of my life, I think. Oh, Last God. week was terrible, you know, because I have this book coming out and I have uh, to still do my newsletter. And um, I had that magazine article come out. I think this week is going to be worse. Damn. Why? Um, it's just a lot of work. It's like back-to-back interviews. and um, yeah. And then... You know, a lot of Asians on social media coming after me. We're not going to name their job or talk about them. But like, I just, I have this thing I got to say. I promised on this show that we would never talk about our Twitter experiences, but I'm just going to say this one thing. Be like, I, I'm sorry. Like, if you call me a race traitor, I'm going to respond. You know, if you say that the book is bad, I will not respond. I will allow you to have your opinion. You know, if you say I disagree with these points, I will engage you in good faith. You know, if you say that guy is ugly, I won't respond. You know, like, but if you say this guy is a race traitor and like and not in the and is, Noel way, right, right? And is writing about, yeah, not in the cool way, not in the cool <laughs> Noel Ignatiev way, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, bad yeah, way, yeah, yeah. or in, in the way that I actually like prescribe in the book, which is like we should become race traders, you know, right, but exactly. like in, in, in the cool the way, the other way, <laughs> yeah. 
Let's rehabilitate the term right, later. Right. It's like remember when we're kids, it's like all about you know, like what is bad. Remember, like at the Simpsons, would be like, like what type of bad? You know, is it bad, bad, or Michael Jackson bad? It's like, is it? Are you being a race traitor? Are you being a no, like not to race traitor? <laughs> anyway, please, you know, don't call me a fucking race traitor on Twitter. I'm still mad about it. I'm a person with feelings. My feelings were hurt. Is it the race trader part or is it the self-loathing part or is that the same? It's the same thing. It's like, oh, this is like about self-hatred. Like, I don't think that I wrote anything about self-hatred. You know, I just yeah. talked about like, hey, it's weird being in America when you're a fucking chink. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry that I wrote well, about it's that. It's truly yeah. bizarre to, <clears throat> yeah. to say that. It's truly bizarre to say that questioning your racial category is a form of self-hatred. Right, especially when it's like followed up by this, like kind of like confident online, like you know, I am like I've never, I've never questioned it. I've always had self. It's like bull fucking shit, you know. And yeah. secondly, like, uh, like you know, like no. First of all, no one believes you, you know. And secondly, like, okay, that's great, you know. I'm glad that you went through life so unscathed, you know. Are you telling <laughs> the rest of it to shut the fuck up and let you talk only for all of us, you know? Yeah, that's what's going on. I mean, that, the person who will is... be unnamed is always doing this to people, always right. gatekeeping with her like little cabal of Asian American studies professors who like to shoot <laughs> off shit at people. You know, they're like they're like the Chippendale rescue rangers. You know, like small and annoying. <laughs> so Generally. insulting to a high quality show. I know. I don't. That was the wrong one. <laughs> Who are the bad guys in Chippendale's Rescue Rangers? I don't Rangers? remember. We are like Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm Chip. Andy's Dale. And then who was a, who was a girl in Chippendale's Rescue Rangers? <laughs> girl? Rosa. Rosa. <laughs> Rosa. It was definitely not Rosa. <laughs> was it Rosa? I don't know. Andy, Google it. Uh, Rosa, the Chippendale. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna I haven't that. actually. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I've never seen, have you seen the show? Done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying remember to think. Remember the like, theme song? I'm getting a mixed with How do I even Google rescue this? Rangers. Anyway. Okay, Chippendale Rescue Rangers girl does not. Oh, wait, wait. Here she is. Um, okay. That <laughs> was good. Gadget Hackwrench, I think is her wait, name. Wait, really? No, that's the, name of the si- that's the name I have the site up. Yeah, yeah. Her name's Gadget. Oh. Gadget. 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 Rosa. <laughs> um, Gadget. Rosa was a good guess. Oh what is Rosa? Is Rosa from something else, Andy? Like um, DuckTales or something? Uh, I was thinking like if a writer was like secretly a Marxist or something named uh, Rosa Luxemburg. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's that's, right, that's 99% of Rosa. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, Chippendale. Okay, anyway, we are, we are the Chippendale yeah. Rescue Rangers. Yeah, we are the Chippendale. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, I do, I do kind of think that, uh, do, you want, do I want to talk about the excerpt? in the magazine this sure weekend. we can talk about that first very yeah. quickly but then we have to go into yeah. the most viral show we've ever done we're going to talk about various <laughs> controversies and if you want intense materialist analysis you know go to the dig <laughs> <laughs> for at least one episode <laughs> you know we'll be back but right now we're just gonna gossip a lot about oh some God. bad writers all right or you know bad acting writers not bad writers but uh i have no idea if they're good or bad writers but you know bad behaving yeah. writers well so that tweet yeah. about like we should always be proud of who you are and so on and so forth i think that actually got to uh a question that i had reading your essay uh i don't know do you want should we summarize the essay or just kind of assume the reader like knows 
Yes. I, I wrote, I, there's a book excerpt from right. in the New York Times magazine. And it was just about, um, it was, you know, it was a collection of parts from the book. It's not one contiguous thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of it is about how Asian Americans are defined and some of the history of it. And then some of it's about Bruce Springsteen. But then the end of it is sort of the argument that we make on the show quite a bit, right? Which is that, um, like, what does this identity really mean? And, um, you know, why is it so quick to sort of mirror the, mirror the demands and the concerns of an upwardly mobile class of Asian Americans who are mostly concerned with like microaggressions, Hollywood, stuff like that, the stuff we say all the time in the show. And is there a better space? So that was the essay. Yeah. So Andy, go ahead. Yeah. What I thought was interesting was you kind of begin and end the essay with these thoughts about kind of hoping your daughter uh, like will grow up kind of uh, with like without these thoughts that you have that kind of plague your brain all the time about your identity and so on and hoping that she will um, almost almost like that tweet said, just just sort of like have a lot of self-confidence and and who she is and not worried about where she fits in. I thought that was interesting because, you know, I totally understand that you want the best for your children. But I also wonder if you think about this, I think about this, right? That you also want to make sure your kids aren't too complacent. Like you don't want them to be like too uh, comfortable and too self-confident in the sense that, oh, yeah. in the sense that I think, and this might be selfish from my perspective, but I feel like myself and like the, people I like the most are people who grew up feeling like they were kind of outsiders and that kind of shape. Right. Right. But you guys were outsiders, I bet. Right. Yeah. Like we shouldn't manufacture a sense of outsider to create a type of like, you know, fake uh, alienation or fake right. sense of grievance. Right. And so the question in the center of the book is, and I'm glad that you asked that. It was just that it's not real. I, I've, I've used it, already using things of this that I use in the, public interviews I do. You know, like, I'm glad you asked it. It's like, hey, I don't give a shit if you ask that. <laughs> great question. Oh, great. yeah. Great question. Great question, Andy Lou. Uh, thank you. I really, I really love your work. <laughs> it's an honor to be on your show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Um, here's my thing. It's like, okay, so the way that I set up in the essay is essentially like, I grew up and I read James Baldwin and I felt like I had a lot in common with what was being written there. And I felt it deeply in my soul, right? Because I understood growing up that I am not white or accepted in this country in any sort of way, right? And the most beautifully written thing that I could find that evoked that was James Baldwin, right? And so then I grew up and I was like, hey, it's a little bit fucked up that I identify so much with black culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe this isn't correct, exactly right, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I used to wear, like, Mark Echo sweatshirts and fucking Timberlands at high school, you know? Like, I was, like, in that <laughs> realm where, like, if you saw yeah. me, you'd be, like, you would probably say something, you know? And so... Yeah. Um, I feel like in the 90s, there was a real fork in the road, you know? Oh, for, yeah, 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 right. yeah. Yeah, in the I, 90s, I, took, I, took I feel like... Path. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely did not take the other path. <laughs> and so... You know, the essay is basically saying, like, if my kid grows up here in Berkeley, California, or in Brooklyn, and is comfortable as half white and grows up with a lot of kids who are mixed race, right? Yeah. Um, Is she going to reach a point when she's 15, 16 years old and she reads James Baldwin where she will feel the same intensity that I felt at that time, where I grew up in, like, extreme alienation in North Carolina, right? Um, 
and she will not have lived that way. Will she identify with it in the same way? And will she identify with my work in the same way is another question that I ask, right? Like, will she even recognize herself in, in my work? Yeah. And I think that that's not necessarily a political question. I agree with that, right? That's sort of an existential question. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it, That's the way that I wanted to pose it, right? It's not necessarily I'm talking about, like, we should build politics out of this or does this reflect something yeah, sure. out of it? It's really just sort of personal. It's just like, you know, yeah. we grow up and we are taught that race is a binary in America. We are taught that like we we do find great personal, sincere meaning in the works of, I think, a lot of black people. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we start to formulate whatever racial identity is around that. Right. I think the beginning when Asian people start to form their racial identity is not when they encounter whiteness. I think it's when they encounter blackness. Right. Um, because mm -hmm. like the depending on where you live. But yeah, that can be. If you ever encounter blackness, do you mean? Yeah, from the from the Pacific yeah, Northwest. More or less. Yeah, I forget yeah. I'm talking about two people from. Yeah, because Seattle. yeah, okay, I mean, we could get back to that, but I feel like in North Carolina, the racial binary plays out in a very different right, way right, than in right, Tacoma, right, Washington. Right, right. Even Tacoma, yeah. Washington has a lot of black people, but it just depends because there's so many white people. Things get that's true. Out. That's true. Where I grew up in North Carolina, it's not true so much anymore. But I remember I was talking to one of my friends about this, um, and he had gone to college, and you know, he's like a he's like a black sports guy you know like not sports guy but he's a guy who talks about sports on television he was he had gone to unc and he was just like he was like you know like it's, it was weird when i got there that i realized that there's a lot of black people in chapel hill and that was true at the time when he went there yeah. when i was growing up um and by a lot i mean like maybe like 20 percent. wait, wait where was he where was he from before that uh texas but like um you know, it's it, it was interesting in the sense that, like, yes, I did grow up with a lot of black people, you know, and the book is a lot about that. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, it wasn't like when I lived in Boston before that, where, um, you know, we had the Mecco busing program, you know, and you have this inner the first I think one of my first memories really is that by when I was nine years old or something like that, we had moved out to the suburbs for a year mm -hmm. from Cambridge. And I remember like being. I, no, this was before that. Maybe this was when I was like eight or something or seven and seeing the bus come in from Metco, you know, and seeing all the black students get off the bus and just like, you know, like that's just seared in my memory. I remember because right. like, and then learning that they had been on the bus for like an hour or something like that and not really understanding what the fuck was going on. Right, um, right, right, right. But yeah, uh, I do agree that some, some people have different interactions. I guess for me, yeah. or people who grew up around a lot of black people, I think that the actual sort of formation of, of an identity or how you think mm -hmm. about races is really when you encounter black people, right? Um, it's not when you encounter white people, even as I white think, people are like, as horrible and racist as to you as possible. Like right, you kind right, of right. accept that this is the norm, you know, right, right. it is when you're presented with, there is another path, you know, well, there's yeah. another way to think of yourself that when you start to really think about yourself in that way. The con yeah, the conversation around race in the country is basically the white black conversation. And I think uh, that gets reflected in all sorts of ways. Um, and I think even in like, you know, Tam and me growing up in the Pacific Northwest, the dynamics are different, but it would be like, for instance, through media, you know, I remember growing up and it might just be like, it was the 90s, right? There's all sorts of like black media <laughs> that became like the thing that it basically non-white kids would all kind of gravitate towards. Right. Right. Uh, but like I think Mar this question like of Martin, for example, in living right. color was the big one. I right, remember. Right, right, yeah. living color, yeah. uh, but just to go back to this question of, I think it's a little, not to make this into like a conversation about like children and the next generation, but I do think it's a little 
it's interesting that uh, I think it's open ended. You know whether or not your daughter would is would feel completely like at home, quote unquote, in Berkeley or Brooklyn or wherever, um, because the country itself is the country at large. And once she like leaves her bubble, right, or once anyone, because my cousin in in you know in in Seattle area feels the same, asks, asks the same question about her children also. Like right. she's having their children having a much easier life. Uh, yeah. than, than we did growing up, you know? Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I do feel like, I think it's tempting to say like this next generation is going to be totally different. You know, everyone's basically multiracial and accepting and so on and so forth. Um, but I also kind of think like it's up, it's, it is partly up to the parents to kind of either make them feel like um, that's right. You know, you're basically, you're, if, if you're not white, you're basically the norm or the majority or I, you white, know. white adjacent. Yeah, right. My or, least favorite term in the world. I know it's so terrible. Right. It's so gross. Like, what but the it's, fuck does yeah. that mean? And it's underdetermined whether or not they would also kind of feel, I don't know, like an outsider. I know, I know you're. You don't want to like. Well, two responses to. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Andy, so I have two responses. The first is that I agree with you. I think it's totally open ended, and I don't know what will happen of it. Because on the one hand. I think these kids are growing up in a in a state of comfort and ease with race that we certainly didn't grow up with. At least I didn't, you know, and I don't think you two did either. And um, and I don't actually think that's because they're some some of these kids are mixed race. You know, I think that the Asian kids also grow up with you know more ease around this. And but the other the counterpoint to that is that you know a lot of Asian parents that I know who are like me you know, mm-hmm. and who are even, you know, not like Tammy, where I think Tammy has, you know, Tammy is, can read and write fluently and, you know, is in touch with Korea in some sort of ways and that I am not, you know, even parents like me are, are doing much more to sort of instill Koreanness in their kids than mm-hmm. even in their half Asian, you know, even in their half Korean kids mm-hmm. than, than, than I ever got or people of our generation did, I think, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Like, so, um, I, my kid has a lot of half Korean friends and, uh, their parents all are like, you know, I don't know, you know, the kids, the kids have more of a Korean education than I did at the time. Now, right. the difference is that my parents didn't speak English at the time. So I actually spoke Korean. You, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got it at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, they didn't know any better. So it wasn't like they had to instill Korean virtues. It's like, we played hot too, because like, that's the only game they do how to play. You know? <laughs> like, we, we didn't have to like be like, but I don't know. I find something very endearing. And I think that's really important for those parents to do. And I'm trying to do it myself too, yeah. you know? And so I, it's interesting because I think that maybe at that point, culture can be a positive, right? It won't be like a, it won't be something that like comes with a sort of feeling of alienation. And is that, I, is I, I think that is because of our different. class and social position at this yes, point? Yes, I too? think I so. I mean, they're yeah, so yeah. intermingled. And I think right. that really comes across in your essay. And I feel like as a reader, you're kind of going back and forth. Like you can't actually separate them. Obviously, they're so interlinked. But, you know, it's to me, we're like, comparing apples and oranges in some sense, just because their parents' lives were so different. Yeah, right. And so right. what is the nature of the comfort? The nature of the comfort is a financial and material comfort, but it com- coming with that is being in like certain milieus where being mixed is like common, but yeah. that is attached to that comfort. So it's like oh, very it's hard attached to, to the most comfort, right? Yeah. yeah. I like have it's a friend. product of that comfort. Yeah. Yeah. I have this friend who's a writer who's Korean, who um, is not Tammy, but is, you know, <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> like, where are we headed? <laughs> it's not Tammy, and it's, uh, let's see, who should I? Okay, anyway, it's my friend, and she's wonderful. I like her quite a bit, and she's very thoughtful. She grew up in Los Angeles, and she certainly is not somebody who's out of touch with Korean culture in any sort of way. But, you know, she has a she she has kids who are half Jewish, half Korean. And we were at dinner one time and she was like, half Jewish, half Korean kids are going to be like the most privileged kids in America right. in some ways, if you think about it. Right. And I do think that like that, that with my own kid, I have to think about it that way. But I don't know, like I don't I, I guess like, you know, the second point that I try and make is that like we should accept in some ways that this is not a good foundation for politics right? uh-huh. is navigating these spaces. That's why these parts are personal. These parts are more about like, how do we, they're, you know, they're just about emotions. We feel you can say that those aren't important, but I don't know. I'm a writer, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just going to write about these things. I hope that it resonates with some people, but you know, the formation of politics, I don't think can be around those questions, right? The formation right. of politics need to be around other questions. Um, they need to be around like how do you right right how do you like create a politics that's centered around poor immigrants right and and their problems and the one criticism that i've heard that i kind of agree that i like have haven't really been able to shake but i think is a legitimate criticism is that we are never going to do that you know <laughs> and i think that's a fair criticism like the upper, upper upwardly mobile, mobile Asians. Asians will never stop talking about microaggressions, you know, will never care about <laughs> yeah. uh, our poor brothers and sisters. And that's an interesting one, because like the, the woman who just interviewed me before I did this, like brought that up. And I was like, you're the second person who said this. And I don't know, like, you know, I but don't know. Is there any racial group that's done that effectively? Right. Do you think? I mean, I would say no. Yeah. So I don't think it's like a specific term. yeah it might be a no i know but it makes it a strong it makes it a stronger yeah, argument <laughs> yeah it makes it a stronger <laughs> argument that there's no precedent for it you know yeah. and right. so like um now you could talk about you know like the jewish people in um the jewish students in the 1950s for example like Noel Ignatiev, who yeah. like sort of did do this right like the they went into the factories class. now how yeah. many of those you know so the question is how many of those people were there right there were yeah. a lot of those people and they did they have an influence I think they had a massive intellectual influence right now. Did they like actually have a labor influence amongst the, who knows, right? Maybe some, maybe, maybe not as much as we would like to think. Right. But certainly that movement is talked about all the time as a model for things. Right. Um, and then I just think, well, maybe I'm just in this Mark uh, bubble where all I talk to are Marxists. <laughs> yeah. And, and none of that stuff is ever going to be. There are yeah. There are I, a lot of people. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's an indictment of making race the basis for all that stuff. I think, but along Agreed. the way, I right? Agree. If you make right. yeah. certain class politics along the way, you will meet, um, you know, working class and or sort of um, class trading, class class trader risks bourgeoisie, you know, who are right. of the same right. politics. For sure. Um, yeah, and I, I who follow the I, same path. Yeah. Right, and we should try and be capacious in our thinking to include all those people within a coalition yeah. right like um i don't know like the i just wrote the today's not to just talk about the stuff i've been writing but this will be the end and we'll talk about kidneys but you know i wrote about like a uh, nithya raman or raymond do you know who that is she's like the la city councilwoman who was supported by dsa and oh yeah um she ran on a very progressive like housing campaign policy and then they basically are taking away her district by like <laughs> drawing all these crazy lines and banishing her to the valley. 
And it's really about her versus <laughs> oh, like uh, homeowner associations. And, you know, a lot of the thinking is driven as a uh, sort of derived from Mike Davis's book, City of Quartz, which has like 180 pages or something like that about homeowners associations in Southern California. Um, so good. But the, you know, the central question there, like some people have, have accused her of being, oh, you're just like a person who went to Harvard and all the people who endorse you are like, you know, Harvard comedy writers who are rich and, <laughs> and Natalie Portman. And this is, this, no, I'm serious. Yeah. You know, like this is like a revolution of like the of like the Ivy League leftist uh, of and, and it's just like, no, a lot of people who are renters voted for her. You know, and like, what is the sort of extent to which we are going to leverage this critique against these type of movements? And, you know, when the other side is basically like Robert Mercer funneling money into like every single, you know, it's like, yeah. okay. I think that's uh, very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems like a bad faith criticism, but it's one that's kind of popular because it makes for good fights, you know? Like, it's cool. It's funny when uh Ari Emanuel is fighting with like TV writers you know and you have to take a side right <laughs> um but that's not the reality of the politics right um I think that she net really does want to build a lot of affordable housing in Los Angeles and uh good lord it needs it you know yeah and yeah. so to cast everything as being like well let's find the richest person in that group and then denigrate the political movement because yeah. of that person I think is a bit kind of productive. well so that's another question I had about the essay which is related to this is you kind of talk about the upwardly mobile Asian Americans who basically are spying towards whiteness, you know, and that, I think that's the term you use a couple of times. And I was thinking if you just substitute that term whiteness for just like bourgeois or upper middle class, it probably has the same meaning. So I was curious about, you know, the choice to, cause, cause that's obviously going to be a lightning rod, you know, to, to say that upwardly mobile Asian Americans basically want to be white, um, which invokes sort of like, probably defensiveness on the part of a lot of readers like you know i'm not trying to do that blah 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 is, is i mean did you think about like what why because i think once you name it something like well a lot of these upwardly mobile people they just want to be like have a better life and that's quite universal that's not exclusive to one particular race and you could get into like just because you are upper middle class doesn't mean you can't have good politics and so on but once you call it white it kind of has a sort of moral you know undercurrent to it so yeah, I guess that was something I was wondering if you had thoughts about um, that, that kind of like choice. Right, right. Um, I, you know, I think it def depends on how you define whiteness, right? For me, the way that I define it in the book is that like, what are your politics, if the sum total of your politics, like what do they reflect, right? And I think that for a lot of Asian Americans who are upwardly mobile, that it's not that they want to become physically white, right? It's not that they don't want to let go of their culture, right? It's not like the Michael Vick, ESPN. What if Mike Vick was white? And remember, they like drew a picture oh, of him as white. Really? Oh, anyway. oh my god! Oh my god! It's amazing. <laughs> oh boy! I wish I could show it. Oh. Is this from like 2004 or something? Like, how old is this? Was this after the dogfight stuff? Yeah. It was after oh the my god! Stuff. Yeah, it was amazing. They like did a whole. That's they did like really, a picture really where he was like blonde. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like 2002 Photoshop <laughs> technology. Oh my gosh. You guys should Google it. Anyway. Um, it's not that it's just sometimes the sometimes of politics are essentially like, you know, uh, we want to be allies. Right. Mm -hmm. The sum total is like, we're not going to sacrifice all that much. Right. I see. Some total is not like 
we are oppressed people who want to find avenues of solidarity with other oppressed people, to, you know, and to sort of do a class type of analysis that right. shows who is actually oppressed and who is not oppressed. We will stand in solidarity with the people who, like us, have suffered under et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then what you're doing is you're basically espousing a white liberal mindset. Not, but but you, can be, you can be not oppressed and also have good politics, if that makes sense. Like it's no, not I a binary, agree. right? I agree, but I but I do think that like the sort of distance that people want to push themselves away from the politics and to approach it from like a ally standpoint, I mm -hmm. do think that's a white liberal uh, mindset. You know, like allies versus accomplices, that old kind of con distinction. Right, right, right. Allies in the sense of what, like we this isn't our fight. So we're just going to yeah, like yellow peril stands with black power, like the current iteration of right. the type of thing, right? Or this like kind of self-flagellating that we talked about, about like Ivy League kids write letters home to their right. parents about anti-blackness in their communities, right? Right. These are the actions of a group of people who want to occupy like, uh, they don't want to be white. They want to occupy the white liberal political space. That's the difference. Right. To kind of just, just do enough to stay, to maintain their privilege. Yes. But just, okay. Anyway, yeah. can we, anyway. can yeah. we move on? I don't yeah. Please buy the <laughs> well, book. How do you feel so far about the book? Cause it's been a really busy time for you. Um, I'm very happy. I think that I wrote a book that, uh, I don't know. I, I'm proud of the book. You know, I, great. I think it's very, um, I think that it, I was trying to sort of encapsulate a lot of what we talk about here on this podcast. So for people who re listen to the podcast, I don't think there'll be much that's, that's so surprising in it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you find, um, but I think that outside of like the parts that are just pure history, which is about 80, 70% of the book. Right. So like that's yeah. the stuff that isn't in the excerpt that is not, you know, I'm not being called a race trader because I like you know, <laughs> detailed the actual building of flushing. Right. I'm being called a race trader because, well, who knows why, but like, um, the, uh, you know, I think that like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm really proud of the book. I'm not just saying that, uh, to, to help sell the book, but you know, I think that it took me a long time to write and I don't know, I, yeah. outside of this podcast, I'm just like, I was hoping that I could just do something where I was like, Hey, I'm never going to write about Asian people again. <laughs> the final word on Asians? Yeah. No, no, me personally. Right. Other people could weigh in, but I just don't want to, you know? Right. Right. And so then I was just like, all right, maybe this will just be, if I can write a book that it will be like, this is everything I think about Asian people in one book, then I'll be happy. I think yeah. I did that. I don't know. If you'd like to buy the book, you can buy it. You know, it's you can please buy it. Um, I need... I need it to <laughs> at least sell some copies or else I'll be in real trouble. Well, we'll, we'll be talking more about the book. Andy and I are going to fully read it after right. we get our copies. And we're going to do a book club in our Discord for supporters. So everyone's really excited about it. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> and I think um, also just like one quick note, like for the haters who've just, who haven't read the excerpt or like don't really aren't seeing more than Jay's tweets. Like when, he, when the title <laughs> says like the myth of Asian America or like Asian America is, you know, Jay's questioning it. That's not the end of the argument. That's not really even the argument that's taking place. And so I think people should read and like not yeah. tweet stuff. Yeah. 
Because yeah, it's very, it's actually pretty nuanced what's going on. In especially things. like this, like kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry that you feel bad. You know, I'm, I'm cool and I don't feel bad at all. I'm like a whole person and you're like a damaged person. Ha ha ha. What sort of bullying <laughs> shit is that? You know, how is that a fucking outlook? Right? Like, yeah. well, I'm so sorry that like you that like you went through like a difficult time growing up around all white people. Some of us didn't, you know, and where's our fucking New York times cover story. I'd be like, you know, you're a bad writer. That's why, you know? And also like, <laughs> like, like what the fuck I is wrong with that you? argument gets a lot of like that perspective actually does get a lot of play also. So I think it's okay for us to have different perspectives out there. What? Like the, and we, we hey, disagree I'm, on I'm, this show too, about the utility of Asian I know, America. I know. So, yeah. I know. Anyway. I know. I'm like, anyway, whatever. Okay. okay. Let's talk about kidneys. Um, also the, in the same issue of the New York Times magazine. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I'm we're doing gonna, PR I'm for not, I'm not going into that, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, you could have picked another day for the, to release my book excerpt, New York Times magazine. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for publishing it and for giving it the cover. I'm actually not mad about it at all. And I mean that sincerely. I only get mad when some people have asked me, whoa, what? Like, why did they do that to you? And the first time I was like, do what to me? And they're like, they're like, they released it on the same day as the kidney thing. And then I was like, first of all, I don't think they understood what this was. It's not like editors are just like, this thing is going to be fucking yeah. super viral. It's going to yeah. be around for seven days. Nobody, you knows. Know? Yeah. Nobody knows. You know, I look at some of my traffic for the newsletter and it's so confusing. I'm just like. Why did everyone read that one? That one sucked. <laughs> you know? Man, like, yeah, terrible. this one that I thought everyone was going to talk about, literally four people tweeted at me, like, you know, who are like basically like housing professors at like, the <laughs> University of Wisconsin or something like that. You know? oh, like urban planners, you know, and I'm just like, fuck. So people don't know. So, you know, yeah. we don't have to do the conspiracy thing. Um, they're not trying to keep Asians down. Right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, so kidney. Kidney gate. If you're listening to this show, you almost certainly know the details of this story. <laughs> but uh, it is something that, I don't know. I think I spent four hours in our Discord arguing oh my with, God. Uh, with one of our listeners about it I yesterday. Think that's the busiest the Discord's ever been. I, I think this like, is the long. This is the most continuous argument on the yeah, Discord. People right, have right. are in there 24 hours a day talking about kidney gate. And we are talking about it. And we're talking about it now. This is just day as, five just or as six. Tammy said that super sad love story is an Asian American novel, right? <laughs> Kindergate is an Asian American story. It is <laughs> actually, yeah. it's not. It's really not. No, it totally is. Okay, it is. Totally yeah, is. for yeah. sure. It's um, integral to the conflict. Two of the characters um, so are Asian. <laughs> two, one of the characters. Oh, Celeste. I guess Celeste. Yeah. Yeah um so i was, i you know anyway we'll get to that later it's like i think she kind of came across pretty well in that right yeah but there's been stuff that yeah. came out where i actually kind of think I it's know. defensible but she's quite profane in some of these chats but i saw that too but i also thought that i was just like you know <laughs> yeah i don't know I, it, I i i have this We're thing like where reading the footnotes before we tell the story i know, I know. <laughs> if somebody if someone is good at if someone is defending their friend, I generally give them a lot of weight. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Her okay. position anyway. was her position. Yeah. It's fine. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. So what happened is this woman, Don Dorland, um, who is white, uh, you know, gave a kidney. She put up a Facebook page and she said, hey, and it was a restricted 
Facebook page about 60, 68 people. I think it ended up being, um, and she has a thousand people who she's friends with. So it was supposed to be meant, meant to be a private community. Right. And she was talking about how she was donating this kidney, I think because she read a New Yorker piece about donating kidneys. Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> I was a little, I was a little, one of, was a part of Larissa's book about people who do like incredibly That's altruistic. Exactly. Things. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I that think book, it's in the book. Have you read anyway, that that's book? Her, that's her like thing. Oh, yeah. Larissa, I think I've read most of it. I really love her writing. I think Larissa is like one of the best uh, journalists. Long the psychological journalist insight there. is like. Right. And it's amazing. kind of done like in this flat way where it's like mm-hmm. not that like if I wrote about Sneaks it, I would you. endlessly just write about myself, you know, and like do these like complete like dervishes of dumb neurosis. And then in the end. The people who like my writing would be like, that was interesting. And everybody else would be like, I'm exhausted. I don't know why. You know, but Larissa from Morgard doesn't do any of that. She never you know? talks about herself. She did this like, she, she, one of the books in that essays in that, I'm sorry, this is so rambling, but you know, this is cathartic to me. It's like, um, one of the essays in that book is about like a family. And it was actually an excerpt in the New Yorker. Remember the family that just kept adopting kids? Yeah. 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 It's an excellent um, is amazing and yeah. there is so a she's fan- always mining this issue of right, what does it right. mean to be kind when is or it actually to be good. narcissistic right. Right. you know when is it actually right. altruistic yeah yeah which is very ironic that this is where dawn yeah decided it's to, like, like <laughs> when i found that part i was like holy <laughs> shit my whole like world is like exploding <laughs> there was a family in my uh growing that i grew up with in chapel hill that was like that they had like 27 kids mm-hmm. adopted they were called their oh, last wow. name was the Eulenbergs. And um, they every ba- every little league team had like two or three Yulenbergs. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, I think they had like twenty three to twenty seven kids cow. that they adopted at any time, and they just kept cycling through them. And much like the family in this in Larissa's book, there mm-hmm. it, it was based out of like a Christian yeah Christian edict, right? Anyway, that's not important. So Don basically uh, donates his kidney, and she says, "Hey." Sonia. Sonia is a is an Asian American woman who lives in Boston. Who at some point in the past knew Don before Don moved to Los Angeles, right? And Sonia is Through part writing. of a writing group called the Chunky Monkeys, which you know I don't know what that means, but whatever, right? Like, and so uh, it's a which included the famous writer now, not at the time, right? I don't think Celeste was that. Uh, she was famous already, I think. Oh, she twenty fifteen okay. sixteen. Was she? I think that's when I read it. Okay, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. It includes Celestine, who is sort of like, I feel like, you know, like there's a lot of questions about whether or not this thing is like newsworthy enough to write a big story about, especially since the Boston Globe seemed to have written about it a long time ago. But then I think the justification for it is always just like, well, it has a famous writer in it, and that famous writer is Celeste. You know, I don't know if I feel like (laughs) that. (laughs) Anyway, Um, so uh, Don asked, Sonia, why did you not, I don't, how much of this do I have to paraphrase? Don asked Sonia, why didn't you interact with my post about, why didn't you fave my post about kidney? And Sonia starts texting her friends in the Chunky Monkeys, whoa, this is so cringe, what's going on with her? And then Don decides to, or Sonia decides to write a short story about a white woman who gives her kidney to a Chinese woman and then is like kind of racist towards her, right? And is basically just being like, why don't you appreciate my white goodwill, right? And then um, Don gets wind of it and says, uh, did you, and as part of it sort of takes part of a Facebook post that, that, that Don had written 
and basically just lifts it right and she yeah. writes this whole story in the first draft the character's name is don yeah. right yeah and so this story is like sort of making the rounds and don asks sonia hey uh did you is this about me and sonia lies and says no right this is not about you in fact it's uh i have i, I think she says i'm not writing this story right the story sort of goes through certain iterations it comes out it's through it's under a paywall and so don for two years doesn't even think about it she knows that sonia has done this but she's not you know she's probably she, she tries it. not she thinks about it, it. She thinks about it, but she's not necessarily acting on it in any sort of yeah. way. Yeah, right? she's, she's trying not to read it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then it comes out because it's part of some collection or something like that, and then it's not paywalled anymore. And then, like, first of all, I will say that if something was about me and it had a paywall, I would, I would pay that paywall. <laughs> <laughs> I would Definitely. just be like, I'd be like, that paywall is coming down. I don't care how much it, like, how much could a literary journal paywall really cost? You know, we're talking about like $38 or something like that, you know? Like, what's a paywall at the Oxford American or something like that, or the Sewanee Review or Plowshares or, you know, um, or, or like that. Or, or you're just something go to like your that. public library, which has a subscription. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. I would go to my public <laughs> library and be like, do you have the database for the Sewanee Review? I would like to read the story about myself. Um, she spends two years, she doesn't care about it and then they get uh she finds out about it and then she and then everybody starts suing each other right okay well anyway. i think you left out the part where she tries to so basically don comes after sonia because sonia that story then gets into the boston reads thing which yeah. like a citywide thing and don starts basically interfering with sonia's like professional stuff yeah. by like contacting the people and saying you shouldn't publish this this woman plagiarized me and and then sonia sues don and then they start suing each other yeah and don was apparently like even saying like maybe she just i, I don't know if it was a job but just like cut ties with her fire her whatever like yeah email she specifically her said you should you can fi you should fire her because she had a part-time job at grub street the writing yeah workshop oh, yeah, place yeah, just, yeah, yeah. looks so much like grub so every time you read it yeah which is grub really um, yeah, is it about food? It's not about food, right? No, it's, it's not nothing about to do with food. It's like apparently. Gotham Writers Workshop. It's like that. Why is it called um, Grub Street? I don't know. Like the farm weevil? Like no. What? Grub? I yeah. Think it was I mean, it is. Yeah, grub. Or food. Food is grub. <laughs> oh, it is about food. No. No, it's but not. The word, the word grub is, the I think, the same as the word for food. So what's, I know, is, but that is doesn't help explain street? why. Is it on an actual street? I don't think we have to worry about that. Also unclear. Anyway. And then, yeah, the lawsuits start flying, and Sonia technically is the one who initiates the lawsuit, but there's dispute about, well, would she have initiated it if Dawn had been threatening to sue herself? And so that's less yeah. that's less black and white as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yes. then, oh, and, the, and so in the discovery or whatever you want to call it, I don't know the legal term. Discovery. Sorry. Yeah, in discovery, discovery, the text, this is the Thank big you, twist. Terry. And this is why I think the story went viral, uh, is yeah. that... I think when you're reading the story, you all throughout, you know, like Don fuck, or uh, Sonia right, and her friends right, fucking right. hate Don, right? You just know this. Right. But in the fourth act of the story, um, the chats, the private Facebook DMs mm -hmm. become public. And I think this is why this is the juiciest part of the story. Um, and we see like Sonia and her friends all along were laughing at Don or making fun of her. And also Sonia is like admitting to her friends that she definitely did copy and paste Don's Facebook posts and put it into the first draft of the story. Right, and she right, right, right. So that's like, and that's the part she that was makes lying. Me, yeah, that's the duplicitous part. Um, 
Uh, yeah, she was what else? lying, but that gets into some of these questions. Like, what is a story okay. really about? You know, all this stuff. Right, right. We, we, we into... spent four minutes describing it. <laughs> Let's get to the meat. <laughs> it's like you could have right. just read this stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. That was a good summary, I think. Tammy, Tammy Kim, are you on Team Don or are you Team Sonia? So generally, I'm on Team Sonia. <laughs> In the sense that, first of all, I think like I think people are talk shit about each other behind their backs. And like, yeah. I don't think you need to have your career destroyed me? over that. <laughs> I know. Don't look at what Andy and I do in our Telegram. JF. Anyway. JFK. I just think like, I guess, I mean, to me, there are two distinct questions. Like in our Discord, I think people are basically debating, are you Team Don or Team Sonia based on like who is nicer or meaner? Yeah, that's my me, lens. I guess I'm not that interested in that question. That's my and, lens. I'm like, only interested in the who is right. You're only interested. So, like, we should yeah. we could get everything into that, else. But, like, I don't care about. Yeah. So, but let then let's do away with the part that you don't care about because maybe that's easy to dispose of. Which which, which is the question of like, what is plagiarism in fiction? What oh, is yeah. borrowing no, in fiction? What fine. is appropriate? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. does everybody here then agree that? She took, she copied and pasted. She called her character Don, but that's not plagiarism. No, and I think all of that's fine. And I think that if uh, somebody wants to argue against that, that they're a philistine. You know, like, <laughs> okay. I think it's totally fine to even take take it all the way, Jay. <laughs> that happened uh, to you or whatever, and betray yeah. people and yeah. use them in your art. I think that's totally fine. I and think I that's think what that, art is. That's yeah, like, it's. Fine. I think that's. Yeah, like, I think I that's a distraction. So everyone agrees with that. Then. Yeah, but okay. I, so that's not I, interesting. Are people, are people making this argument that like that that is that you have to be Team Don because of plagiarism? It's it's well, the article is being yeah. pitched as a legal battle, so people are fixating oh, okay, on the legal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I think I don't it's worth separating that. those things out because right, right. the meanness I, is I in some ways attached to that. I agree. I'm on Team Sonia you know for I mean? for everything. Okay, so we're on Team Sonia for like legal. Right, right. Yeah, I'm on okay. team. I'm I'm team legal, Sonia. And then your team moral, Don. Yeah, yeah, and and also okay. we should talk about the lawsuits, which I also don't care about. I think they're ridiculous, and they'll probably be thrown out. Okay, know? so we can bracket those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like yeah, there's nothing you can't make me care about those lawsuits. Like I, you know, copyright issue about Facebook posts and stuff. It's been litigated five billion times before. Yeah. They're not going to overturn some precedent because like this story went viral. I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> and so. All very uninteresting. So the real question, and you know, I don't mean to steer it this way, Tammy, because I don't know if you want to talk about different things, but it's just like, who is the meaner person? Mm -hmm. But why do we care about that? I mean, well, I care because I think I this care. is a this is a human story. I think ultimately, yeah, I care because sure. I find that like, first of all, I really hate liars, you know, and I hate people who cut in line. I, put, I said this in this point. There are like two, three people. You should I never hate. go to Jay streaming at Berkeley Bowl. I hate people no, cut never. in line. I hate people who lie. And um, and actually, those are the only two. Jay, yeah. if you go to mainland China, they all cut in line. They don't, they I don't know, stand I would, I would not survive. Yeah, I, know. I would I would be deported I immediately. pretty bad a few times. Yeah, it would be like, it would be like. Squid it's interesting yeah that was like that's like the most i've been tested in terms of cultural relativism is cutting a line oh, wow. yeah i'd be I'm like listen you know relative this <laughs> <laughs> my fist in your back for cutting in line buddy <laughs> um i uh okay back to our Do we fight. care that she's mean well okay i'm just interested I will in say, why people care so, so my much. my take like, is my take is liar. both are crazy and horrible which is you know banal I think Sonia's more interesting, <laughs> especially for our group, 
because she is closer to the world we inhabit. And well, it's, wait, first of all, Don went to Harvard. Let's point this out. Sure. Right? I, so I feel like right. Don. Socioeconomically, they're about the same. I think right? it's not even that. It's more just like. I don't know. Don just feels like if I ran across Don, I would not keep in contact with Don. You know, right? She seems agree. And there are many people who have come out on Twitter who who have met come across Don. Yeah, I will say that I have no question that Don can be a brutal hang. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, yeah. <laughs> She's wobbly a rough hang, you know? And look, sometimes I'm a rough hang, you know? And so, like, maybe I sympathize with her. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, but she does seem like she, you know, I think one of uh, one of the writers I admire who sort of tweeted about said that, use the term extra. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Extra, and I'm like, right. I'm like, yes, I can, for see, sure. I can I have no doubt that she is so extra. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Sonia yeah, would be so, someone where you like, you might not be friends, but you would maintain the acquaintanceship probably because of the circle. Like maybe you're in the same circle and she does Because it. she's Asian or why are you saying Yeah, that? and she doesn't she obviously like knows how to comport herself publicly, you know? And that's and I guess the, in the why, fear why are we is, obviously knowing that? Because she has friends. I'm assuming her friends that. are awful. Yeah. Her friends seem awful. Like, did you read that email from the guy in um who is the head art his name is Chris something and he, I don't want This is outside of the article or inside the article? Outside the article. I this feel like, like there's yeah, like so that. much more outside there's, the article. Right. The email <laughs> that he wrote about her, about Don and about how like, you know, she's not talented enough right, to be a right. writer and like, oh, oh hey Don, you know, the post office is always hiring. She's like, fuck you. You know? Yeah, that's fucking like up. what sorts of like you're the also creative a very director. Good job. You're the creative <laughs> director for fucking Grub Street. A postal yeah. worker makes five times what you make. You know, like uh, you should, you should be like so said, lucky. You should be so lucky to be a fucking I wish postal I were worker. A postal you worker. fucking elitist dickhead. You yeah. know, like what the fuck was that? I would not be friends with any of Don's friends. You know. Okay, I, I will say like, yeah. the the text messages. I felt like my friends and I text not necessarily the degree of meanness, but like yeah. industry gossip. <laughs> Is a yeah. thing where I feel like everyone's me. Oh, really? Shocking. There's academic. Groups yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I think most, for me, it's more like, but I don't think Don does. I don't think Don, I think we're supposed to, I, my impression is Don doesn't do that, right? She just wears it on her sleeve. Um, right. She does, right. though. You think so? Well, that's, yeah, okay. Right. So I, mean, I think that's the binary. in a mean group text. I'm in yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, mean, sure. Yeah. Sure. It's not that mean, actually. I think, actually, yeah, I most know. of my mean group texts are mean to me. <laughs> like I'm in one that's like kind of mean, but mostly they're just mean to me. They're just like, just, I get mad. You just, like, you just enjoy I, it. You know, <laughs> no, I don't enjoy it. You know, they're just me. Like they just make fun of me all the time. And then I mean, I think being, and I, mean, I, I like do this thing. Have you been in a group chat on iPhone and you accidentally hit the FaceTime all button? Uh, <laughs> people have done it to me. Yeah. 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 I do what, it to this. What group happens? Chat. Just like all these screens pop up. Yeah. I've done it to this group chat. I've butt. Face, group FaceTime them. I do it like twice. I do it twice a week. <laughs> and they just make fun of me. They're like, do you not like, how old are you? Do you not know That's how to hilarious. use your phone? I'm just like, no, I don't know how to use my phone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, everyone's in a mean group text yeah. chat. I agree with that. Andy. So I, I think when those, when that part of the story hits for most people, the reaction is, oh my God, what if my texts were exposed? Yeah. Whereas I think some people might also think, oh my God, they're on the Don side with like, oh my God, right, are people talking about me? And right. so in that sense, I feel like I am closer to 
I guess this is like arrogant of me. I don't assume people have group texts dedicated to making fun of me. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, whereas I feel more, it's more likely that, um, yeah, you know, there, there, but for the grace of God, go I. Like, I would not, you know, <laughs> what if like one, one false move on my iPhone, you know, and I would be exposed. And um, yeah. so I think or there's like a sense where one lawsuit. Right. Yeah. Don't talk shit on in text. You know, you got to call people for that. Yeah. So, so but, much effort. So, though. I mean, if everybody's in a mean group text, we're not really mad at Sonia for shit talking. So we're mad okay. at her for lying. But the thing is, Sonia's yeah, also yeah, I'm not mad at her for shit talking. Either but some of it, but as Andy was saying, I think some people are. Well, I think the bigger picture is like Sonia's how mean Sonia's quote unquote a winner, you know, or was winning before this article came out. And yeah. Don is kind of the loser, right? In this okay. in this industry, the punching down. Right. Can I make my very clean case? I, I feel I'm very proud of myself for arriving at such a clean argument, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. And somebody pointed out Andy yesterday that this was a debate argument, and I so I want you to. Debate I don't even know. I, yeah, I saw that. I don't know why it's a debate argument, you, but go on. Okay. Here's my argument, right? Um, I don't care about them being in a meet and group text, right? I agree that that Don was probably quite extra, right? As as they say. And um, I don't think that Sonia did anything wrong. And I think even if she hadn't changed the contours of the, her story, that she still wouldn't have done anything wrong. Yeah. What I find concerning about it is that, uh, that if you believe that somebody is giving up an organ for clout, right? If you really think that they're just doing this for attention, then your response to them, especially if you've been friendly with them in the past, right? is that you should feel sympathy for them because you just think, oh my God, this person is not well, you know? Um, and that when, if you decide to react with like sort of gleeful, like, uh, you know, repulsion in the way that that Sonia did, I think that's a bad response, right? I sure. think you should have sympathy for people who are suffering. And I think that when she, <laughs> that, when she that when she turns around, and decides to write this story about her where she not only turns her into like, you know, like this sort of like overbearing, awful person, but also makes her racist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fine. You can do that. But when the person asks you if you've done it to your face, you shouldn't lie to them, you know, right. and that's where I think that like. So I'm is it totally... just the lying? Lying, the lying slash. You should. I think it's a little not Monday morning quarterbacking to say, obviously, you should never. We should just Why would her. you not lie to her? No, no, not that. Why the first part. Lie to her? The first, yeah, part, the first where, part where you just assume, well, clearly she's not well, so we shouldn't like talk no. about her. Yeah, um, I, I, that's I a bit like extreme. Is- yeah, really? Yeah, I mean, I like if someone said that, I would, I would understand, okay. but I'm I would also just gonna say if one of you two <laughs> told me that you're getting a kidney and then you start a Facebook group about it and then you reached out to me and be like, why didn't you fave my, yeah, uh, why didn't you fave my Facebook group post? I would ask your your significant others if you were okay you know i would be like something is wrong with this person you know like you gave a fucking kidney like we're not talking about like i donated five thousand dollars to the aclu you know we are genuinely friends what if there were a twitter follower of yours this is who you don't know but they were they were better friends than twitter they were classmates They were. They said okay, they. Okay. claims they were never. In the I, room hey, by the way, you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull my personal experience rank here and say that only one of us went to an MFA program, you know, and only <laughs> one of true. us was a struggling fiction writer for ten years, five steps below Don or Sonia and Celestine at the time, you know, or anyone at Grub Street. I would have killed to be part of Grub Street and the Chunky Monkeys, you know. I understand this life of precarity as a as a 
as an unpublished, completely ignored fiction writer, right? I have many friends from that time. If any of them gave a kidney <laughs> and yeah. asked me why I didn't save it, <laughs> I would feel like there's something wrong with this person. I would feel a great deal of sympathy yeah. for them. I am not like a necessarily empathetic person. You know, I'm not like a overcome uh, or overflowing with like sincere emotions towards people. But I think that's just a natural response. But and you I think might you also would... send a text message to your friend being like, that is so yeah. freaking weird. Yeah. Yes, but I would not turn around, write a story about them that made right, them racist, right, right. and then lie to them about it. Like, that's the part that I think. I and I like think the lying is what's really bothering you. Right. Though. The lying is what bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do that, then just say, Somebody in my it. Twitter responses said it. Right. It was basically just like, just say, hey, you inspired me to write a story, you know? Exactly. And, um, you know, like, you might be upset by it, but, like, you know, this situation really inspired something in me. And your donor is not a Chinese woman named, like, what I don't remember. Like, Chun she, like, Tao. basically, Chun, Chun, Chun Tao. It's going to be like Sing Tao or something. Like, <laughs> Sing Tao Chao Beer. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Chao Fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> Egg foo young. Yeah. Egg foo young. Wait, so, okay. So, tomato and egg soup. (laughs) So, I think this gets back to the last thing I would say about Sonia is like the thing that's identifiable with her, but in like the the way we want to disavow is that we also probably know people who try to use the white POC thing, race card in a very cynical way. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And so, I would say Sonia is probably kind of doing what you're doing saying jay which is like just don't say anything about it and treat her as you know kind of out there but then she goes a step too far i think in just attributing these kind of like racist assumptions about or not attributing racism but making racial assumptions about don does that make sense well no but i i mean don't you guys think don's particular kind of extraness Mm -hmm. is potentially related to whiteness if you look at history or structures i mean sure. in other words they were reading that because of a pattern of behavior they had observed in her and then associated yeah. with like white savior complex i think that I mean, i'm not saying that you know maybe that's not like a thing really that exists in the world but right. that's their perception i think i think it's there's like a fine line where like yeah it's like generally people located in positions of power who to do this sort of thing right but then it later becomes this thing where like well because she is white therefore she does this and that becomes very like you know like anti-racist racist you know like because Don could not have done this altruistically. She must have done it cynically because she's a white person, you know? Or just, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's just like looking at her behavior and being like, oh, that sort of accords with this archetype of a white savior. It does. I mean, and it totally observing does. that I don't think is necessary. But also does that like cancel wrong. out? Right, right. And like, does it cancel? Like it, it sort of like overshadows. It's, it, why is well, I mean, I think this comes up. No, I'm just laughing at like... the name Chow Tong. Chen Tao. Chen Tao. Chen Tao. Oh, you think? He's like, oh, I yeah. Like so she, so Don, you know, gave. Uh, you know, she saw the the ice box on on the on the counter of her room and through the phase of haze of uh, painkillers, <laughs> thought about the kidney that would be arriving soon in the body of Ricky Ticky Tembo. No Sar Rambo. Jerry Byruji. Oh man. I just sorry. I, yes, that's Eddie, that's why I was cracking up myself. It wasn't about anything that you were saying. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a fine line, but I feel like, you know, and we'll, like maybe we should talk about it now. Like the way that um 
what's her name? Sonia seems to be like weaponizing her own race, but also yeah, I think right. making perhaps really get that. ungenerous assumptions about Don. Right. You, I think you could say like Don is not altruistic, that she's cynical, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if like I mean, she gave it, a kidney. No, I think you can be altruistic, but also be a white savior. Right, I right, think right, that's what I'm. Right, I think that's right, what's going right. on. She get, I'm not giving people my kidney. I'll say that. Yeah, you know? right. I. I mean, I would put on my driver's you license. Know, you can take is, it after. I would give it to someone I know, not a rando. Just as it is good for people to um, adopt children in foster care, especially those that are of incredible need, you know, if you provide them with a loving home, right? Sometimes. It is sometimes, yes, but um, <laughs> it is also good to give kidneys. <laughs> it is. It's like undeniably a good deed. Sure. You know? yeah. Somebody gets to live because you did this selfless act. Yeah. I and I feel like the way in which it was dismissed or it is being dismissed by the mean people of the internet who are on Team Sonia. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> she gave a fucking kidney. You know, like like that it's like uh you know, it's That's like when people it's like when people about... criticize NBA stars, you know, or it's just like, I don't know, man, he won a title and he scored thirty five points a game. What are you gonna talk about? You know, like fine, like we can pick him apart, but like <laughs> that is the weirdest analogy. <laughs> It does, yeah. I mean, if you think about, if you zoom out, even if this wasn't based on Don's life, we can and we can talk about like Sonia's story itself, right? Like, are we okay with the politics of Sonia's story? That that oh. that in the story, oh yeah, whatever, right? Who cares? Yeah. No, but just that in the story, this the, the point of the story is like this white person is a bad person because she yeah, that's fine. Kid I mean, I won't like the story. I just. You know, I, think, I don't like. Did you guys story. read Katie Waldman's review of the story in the New Yorker? Right, this yeah. is I've powers, I've power um, it. It's yeah. pretty good, and yeah. but I think I feel like Katie Waldman went into it already on Team Don. Sure. Oh yeah. You know yeah. we're all stained, right? We can't have. Any I don't think anyone's Team Sonia. I think people are. I don't say. I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm Team kind Don. Of team. I feel like no, I'm no, kind of Tammy team is Sonia. strongly Team Sonia. I don't know about strongly, but what I was going to say about Katie Waldman's thing is she was saying Tammy that... is part of the Chunky Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> her, her emails are coming out in the next round of discussion. Oh my, oh my <laughs> group chats. Oh my God. Thank God I don't have a functioning phone. Um, no, I mean, she, I don't even remember what I was going to say anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, we're there spiraling. Was something... We've there was something good. In- the story was bad. Oh, okay. No. Or so one of Katie women, Waldman's yeah. observations in the review, which I thought was smart, is that by making the donor such a caricature, right. it lost its ability to do sort of rooted fiction. Yeah. At that point, it was kind of spiraling towards satire, but it didn't go all the way. Yeah. So if there's a sort of literary, you know, problem, that sounds like maybe that's what it is. But yeah. I don't think the like she can do what she wants with the characters. No, well, what I'm saying is like it's symptomatic of a reading that's like the racistness or whatever you want to call it. That character overshadows everything, including the fact that she donated a kidney. You know, like in the story, in the story, or in, in, the in, in, in her interpretation of Don's act as well. It's like this sort of overpowering. Uh, you're white. Yeah. I'm POC. You know, kind of moral binary that Sonia seems to kind of view Don with. Um, that you know, I think that's. Is coloring this, yeah, and literally coloring. It. Okay, yeah, and that's I know, <laughs> and that was like that was the thing that I think triggered in my mind, like Sonia, someone I could know, you know, <laughs> like knowing like a sort of uh, someone who kind of wields race in a very superficial way, and, yeah, and, and a sort of superficial moral moralizing kind of way, yeah. Um, and maybe someone would say she has like, you know, tragic mulatto syndrome or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Like she's working through her own mixed issues. There was, I mean, there was an interesting thing with, uh, like, okay, not 
a lot of Chinese Americans she's mixed. have Chinese have Chinese names as first names, right? But typically, it's like we typically have Anglo names for better or for worse, right? That's not to make us right. more or less authentic. But like, why her character is so fobby if they're all Chinese American? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read. Really, did you read the story, Andy? Yeah, I read it. The story is shorter than the New York Times article. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? I no. I thought it was kind of wooden, like in the way that the New Yorker criticized it. Right. Yeah. It, it been the same way that, as we're saying, like I think like race becomes the stand-in for right. like literary quality and argument or right, right, anything right. else, okay. right? Let's go there and then let's move on, yeah. okay? <laughs> Last thing we want to talk about is that sort of long after all this took place, like there was this accusation levied that Don was acting in a way to like try and steal a story from a WOC, right? And I think that if, at least in our Discord, which is filled with, you know, uh, Asian American leftists, you know, this is this is like the part that everyone's mad about, right? And I will say I find it interesting because I actually don't think it's just people in our Discord. It's a lot of Asian people that I've talked to about this um, story, right? And by the way, for all the haters who are saying, you know, like all the stuff about me and white adjacency, I do have a lot of Asian friends, you know, so fuck you. <laughs> Wait, you're yeah. saying the majority of people have what 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 reaction? Yeah, what was? Oh, they they think like the worst thing Don uh, that the worst thing that Sonia did was like kind of like <laughs> actually the race card. there's a lot of people in our Discord who are like using the term "play the race card." Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this That's is hysterical. Right. Like, um, but like, yeah, let's use that term. You know, did she play the race card? It's like, of course she played the race card. Yeah. You know, is she yeah. sincere about her anger about this in a in a terms of like I'm just a struggling WOC. And this white woman came and stole my story away from me. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so what do we think about that? Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was an act of, it comes off in the story. And I guess maybe we should say full disclosure, you know, we're just basing this off the story. It comes off as an act of desperation by Sonia. Yeah. And, and, it, does. and it doesn't actually explain her actions. It just becomes a sort of like, this excuses anything I did, um, that you're yeah. a white savior or whatever. Uh, type i don't know right. what do you think tammy but i don't, so like i guess so for either of you guys if you had a product that you felt was like reflective of your identity and it was doing it was slated to do well in a space where like that identity is usually not considered and then a white person tried to mess with that mm -hmm. is that worse than if a poc tries to mess with that no no like if not, if, really not, if the, not if both gave a kidney <laughs> no, can't add in that part no but i'm well how long is she gonna ride on that i mean i feel like we have to separate I feel like it if out you give a i feel like you get a 10 how many year years window you get? Okay, you get a 10 no, i'll be honest i think it's worse I would, I would be more mad if it was a white person i but, i think it would no. be worse but that doesn't change the fact that if sonya's guilty of doing bad things she's still that's what I, that's what gets me it's like sonya seems to be using agree, it to but... deflect from the bad things she did Oh, I don't think it would make any oh, difference to like me. That. But then again, as the theme of the show is, I'm mostly attacked by other Asians, <laughs> you know? And so, I don't know. Um, I don't think I would feel worse if it was... I, I think that... I guess it's... But then again, it's like, it, okay, that might be true, but that doesn't mean that you have the right to basically use right, that as right, convenient right. excuse to get out of what you did, which was like exactly. lie to this person and gaslight them repeatedly, you right. know? And yeah. that... Um, that's the part where I just think, Hey, someone just made you lose your, potentially lose your employment and yeah. a contract yeah. in a field that you've been struggling to make it in yeah. and aren't doing particularly well in, you know, yeah. I just, 
I mean, right. So this is this is the argument. This would be the team Sonya argument that the reaction was way out of proportion um, to the initial offense. Yes. Um, like Don lied. And, okay, sorry. No, Sonia lied and gaslit Don, but then Don basically tried to take all her money. Yeah, and uh, and her prospects for like a future, and also field. like pitched the story to the New York Times over and over, and got everyone like destroyed both of the reputations. Yeah. Like, destroy your reputation, destroy your your actual paycheck. And this is in the middle of the lawsuit itself. So instead of just like waiting for the courts to handle it, they just. Yeah. Blue this up. I don't know. Look, they're messy people. <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't ever want to meet either of them or any right. of the chunky right, monkeys. Right, I just right, want to make right, that right. clear. Well, but, I don't know. I mean, yeah, especially the chunky monkey. That, that I didn't see the post article chunky monkey discourse, so I don't know who this oh Chris God. person is. They're, it's. Bad. I don't want to know. There's another guy who uh, lives in LA, and he like sort of ran into Don, right, and he was right. like, he was like sort of saying man, she seems like she knows a lot of people in LA and she was so nice. So maybe we, my wife and I were saying maybe we could use her to meet more people in LA and the, all in, in this email, just ripping her, yeah, you know, yeah. just like these people are so they're psychopaths, yeah. you know? And so anyway, That's so okay. Awesome. Last thing that I'll say is that there was a request from our listeners to try and discuss this in a materialist term to which I scoffed and said, listen, not everything is about, you know, materialist analysis. Sometimes we just like to say some people are good people and some people are bad people. However, (laughs) they asked Andy, they're like, Jay, you shut up. (laughs) No, I mean, I gave the sake on the discord. The reason this is so juicy is because it, especially for those of us in careers that, you know, I'm not a freelance writer, but I'm in in a sort of entrepreneurial space, you know, where you're like, I have to like protect my brand and pitch myself over and over. This gets at all those uh emotions about like you know don seems to not have much of a career so how do you deal with that what is your sort of psychotic like your psychotic psychic like self-projection of your image how are you coping with that sonya is like on the brink it seems like of major success and it's taken away from you and it's uh all that stuff kind of taps into these ideas about like aspiration anxiety about will i ever succeed for sure and um you know, like now that I, it doesn't look like I will succeed. How do I, how do I cope with that? Which just seems like Don's. Situation. So I don't know. I like identify with both Don and Sonia, you know, in terms yeah. of emotions I've gone through professionally. Um, and uh, I mean, I think that's for a lot of like the people who are in those spaces. Now for most people, I think it's just people who use Facebook and chat and are like, Oh my God, what if my Facebook, like what, yeah. what, kind, what kind of behavior <laughs> yeah, is agree, this? Agree, you know? Discovery is freaky. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Try not to leave a paper trail. Okay, Tammy, what is your Marxist uh, analysis of? of, I mean, uh, I don't really have anything. What's your materialist analysis? That I'm basically just repeating myself, but that's what makes me slightly team Sonia, which is that Don ultimately did try to screw Sonia's career. Yeah, take her money, take her contract. Like that's a big deal, you know. And so, like I. Yeah, it makes me sympathetic to the stuff that Sonia did later, even though I don't think she's a particularly good person. But who cares if she's a good person? It's really none of my business. Yeah, I mean, I care. but And I also feel the way that I judge it is essentially just in the end, what is an appropriate amount of revenge for this? You know? And um, I feel the like... the gaslighting and lying? Yeah, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I feel... And, and, um, and the mean things you said, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, we, have, we are films of Korean cinema. Long tradition in Korean cinema that, that basically, <laughs> according to Korean cinema, Sonya and all the Chucky Monkeys would be dead. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I don't think that that's a good idea, nor should, uh, would I ever advocate for that. But I'm just saying that, like, you know, 
if you think about it as a revenge story, right, is what is what Don did so extra and out of bounds that we can't tolerate it and that now she's a bad guy. That seems to be the differentiating uh, standpoint for a lot of people, right? And I feel like if you are lied to and gaslit in this sort of way over something that you did that's extremely personal and you are humiliated, right, but to everyone that you know, because everyone knows that this story that is like Sonia's big break that everybody in this small world is reading is about Don, right? Yeah. If you are humiliated in that way, I think you got a lot of like, I think you have a big, you got a lot of, right. you got a big tank of revenge that you can spray all over the place. You have a big tank of revenge and 10 <laughs> yeah. years of goodwill to burn through. Um, yeah, Man, yeah, I yeah. want to donate a kidney. Yeah, damn, yeah. <laughs> so the answer is, and if you want to, you know, if you would like to win all of your interactions with me, you should donate a kidney. Yeah. You know, because, Free pass. <laughs> yeah, because I, do, I can't do anything. This makes me wonder... <laughs> Is there a better way for Don to have done this without blowing up her own reputation and career? Because this is, this was kind of like I don't, I don't think Don cares because I think Don is so extra. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah. She doesn't care, uh, which is also like cares. super dangerous to mess around with. Yeah, yeah. Don <laughs> is like basically like Michael uh, Douglas and falling down <laughs> when when the person tells him there's no you know McDonald's breakfast does not extend, I don't know what it, or a quarter pounder of cheese doesn't. <laughs> They don't have I the don't even know what you're cheese. talking about. It sounds. You hilarious. haven't seen the movie Falling Down? I never saw it. Oh. I know the premise. Oh my god, it's so good. He just goes, Michael Douglas yeah. like basically just know. goes like he like you know, in the old way terms we would say quote goes postal right right right, right? yeah okay. it's a movie about him going postal gotcha and uh, you know Don definitely has gone postal at some level but you kind of understand it right um, that's that's all I'm saying I don't know. I guess I if guess. someone tried to destroy my career over and over again, I would hate them too. I was going to say, Jay, because I feel like a, a few months yeah. ago you were saying that you've you've had in show business, for instance, like people who have st- taken your ideas. You did not then go and try to get the, all their contracts terminated. Yeah, but I'm a nice person. Are you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> Episode 101. We're you have me, chats. <laughs> um, nah, yeah, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I'm I don't I don't go after people, you know. But so doesn't the fact that she did make her rotten? Like, I mean, I just think known... we're not taking seriously like How also bad, she yeah. was mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you guys desperate. have desperate. Yeah. I mean, you you especially have known me for a long time. You ever known me to really like go after somebody? I don't actually do anything. I just get you talk some shit, but you don't Twitter, know. Yeah. I haven't seen you do anything yeah. like I don't do I like don't actually IRL bad. I don't take like mean, I don't take vindictive actions towards people's careers, but I understand why some people would. That's all I'm saying. I think like I wouldn't, I w- if I was in Don's position and Sonia had done this to me, you yeah. know, I wouldn't try and destroy her career. But I would, if so, if I did and somebody was like, you shouldn't do that, I'd be like, check out this full revenge tank I've got on my back right now. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's there's still a lot in there. You know? <laughs> Don't fucking tell me what to do. You know, when it's on empty, oh you can God. start fucking, you know, criticizing me. But I don't know. That's all I think. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, um, my God. I hope okay. this ends soon. Oh, I think it's going to go on anyway. for years. I think, oh, really? The kidney years. gain news cycle? I think the lasting oh legacy will be it's Sonya's awesome. behavior. It's going to be like, we're going to be like, don't be a Sonya, you know, for years and years. Really? Not don't wow. be a Don. You think it's going to be that Fascinating. long? Fascinating. Well, just like the the lasting legacy of what Sonia did is so much more 
uh, common. These, these viral stories come and they go. Like, so for example, there's Caroline Calloway and Natalie Beach. That right. one seems Which to I did have not, gone away. I it certainly would have gone away a lot faster if it wasn't for Car- Caroline Calloway sort of being an Instagram star. And then there was that woman. Remember, there was that like Cat woman person. who kept showing right, up right, at right. that Cat person's person. house in Harvard or something like that in Cambridge, oh, right? Yeah. That was that actually, one. That was really yeah, so that one, that one passed. And then there was Cat Person, which passed. You know? No, but I think I just think Sonia's behavior is much more resonant for people. Like, don't don't be mean in your chats. Don't you know gossip about people because it could come after you. People don't act like Don, you know, uh, or most people don't act like Don. Most people, most people don't give a care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I ever get a call from that bone marrow thing, because I'm on the like Asian bone marrow registry, oh. I'm totally going to play that. On Asian bone marrow? You guys have to bring me food. You're going to start a group? How do I become, how do I join the Asian bone marrow? Oh yeah. Everybody should do it. I forget what the website is, but you can mail away. They send you a thing where you scrape your cheek. Wow. And then they keep your DNA on file. No, or whatever. Do I don't know if it's DNA, but whatever science thing. I can't do any of that stuff. I'm because I have, a, you know, I had a terminal illness, so I'm not allowed. Oh to yeah, do that's any right. of that. Um, okay. Well, not terminal, right. but you know, terminal at the time. Obviously, I'm still here dropping takes for you. <laughs> All right. Here's the last thing that we're going to talk about, and we have we're at an hour sixteen because I've been rambling forever. Um, Bright Shang. For those who don't know, Bright Chang is a, is a uh, was a is profess is. is is a professor of music and composition at the University of Michigan. Um, he is a Chinese American who grew up in China. Yeah, there is a story that has been very very widely spread by sort of the libertarian media at this point. Yeah, you know, I know. when so Bright Chang was like four years old, he had a little piano. <laughs> and then the culture, then the Red Guard came and they took that piano away, you know. Then many years later, uh, Bright Shang was in school and he said, I really enjoy playing the piano. I wonder if I could become a composer, you know. Now what has happened to Bright Shang, the proud uh, survivor of the Cultural Revolution? Well, he is now facing a new Cultural Revolution right. and American <laughs> campuses, you know. Wokistan, he has woke, he has, he has thought he came to the land of the free and the brave where he could practice his uh, music and write compositions that move many people and syncretize Chinese uh, music <laughs> with Western music. <laughs> Wrong. You know, one day he woke up and he was surrounded by a cabal of like hectoring witches who told him that, you know, you are racist because you showed um, the Othello. offending Othello, Othello right. Lawrence Olivier, which is a 90 minute film in which uh, Lawrence Olivier is in blackface. Right. Okay. What do we think about this? So it Another was his student Asian in American the class, right? Yes. Who... Yes. It was the first one to complain. Yes. And then this um, student, I think, who was also in the class, maybe, who calls himself like an investigative journalist, wrote like a medium post basically about it. And the medium oh, really? post, yeah, the medium that. post was like, like, I don't, I, I feel very uncomfortable here because I don't like criticizing college students and yeah, I won't I do it. I won't do it. Um, I think everyone's a little fucked up in college and if they have bad politics or have bad responses, then like, you know, whatever. I had crazy thoughts in college too, you know, but um, he wrote a piece and that sort of is what blew it up online, right? Um, and a lot of University of Michigan professors were like, I agree with this piece, right? Yeah. Um, Bright Shang should. And like, it was weird because the piece that was written and some of the stuff, language that was out there was like, we don't think he should be fired. Right. 
but his apology, mm-hmm. which in which he did apologize, right? And he sort of said, kind of like, I've worked with a lot of black people in my life, you know, which is not the, it's not like the most uh, artful, tactful oh, way to do it, right? They're like, his, his, uh, his apology wasn't good enough. And then you're like, okay, but you are at that point where you say his apology wasn't good enough. You are calling him for him to be fired right, exactly. or to have some sort of action taken against him or else what are you talking about, you yeah. know? And so then Bright Shang steps down from teaching this semester, right? Um, he isn't fired, but he's lost his classes and he's been sort of publicly humiliated yeah. in a way that we should say, right? He's probably going to end up not being too bad for him. I think he's Why do you think probably that? fine. Yeah, why do because you I think that? most people are on his side, and he's. I think like he's. He can give, I think he can like give. I, I think so. he can give concerts at like the American Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, the theater, the theater and the institute. It's so messed uh, up. Yeah. I think he's very Rob- isolated. He's full tenure. He's won all these awards, and he's apologized. Um, and I don't think there is like a big donor base. <laughs> of of woke people right. who are going to pressure Michigan, you know, like it's not like um, uh, it's music. So the no def- anti defamation <laughs> league is coming after him or anything, you know, which is what happened in other in other schools. Right, 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 right. So why do we care about this? I mean, does it does it actually have does it actually mean something in our okay. culture right now, or is it being just used by libertarians to just? Well, why, do why don't you answer that? Why do you care about this, Tammy? I mean, I care about him because I think he's a very good composer and I feel bad for him. And I think that this is pretty, I think it's really messed up and humiliating. And I think he's, um, I had circulated to you guys this really great interview with him where he actually, this is from 2019, but he actually talks about Othello and blackface. Yeah, right. Because he's talking about the staging of the opera Othello and like David Henry Huang's Madame Butterfly and all of these things about like, or sorry, um, that's not the, the, the original Madame Butterfly and talking about like what it means to be a particular kind of raced person in a particular show. And I just think he's, I don't, I feel like you have to be okay showing, obviously we all agree on the show that showing all kinds of different things, especially when you're studying art. Yeah. Right. But it seems like something that could actually be pretty harmful for him. I think, especially because there's this assumption that Asians and especially fobs are so insensitive about blackness in particular. And right, so it's, right. I think it's concerning. Yeah. But I, I don't mean, know if it means something. That's what I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it means anything either. Andy Lou, your thoughts. Uh, well, I think we also probably agree. He probably should have done trigger warning and talk said like, we should talk right, about this right, ahead right. of time. Right. Um, and that, that, that or was, not even like that term guess, is very loaded. Yeah. Not even trigger Andy, warning. Just be like, yeah, FYI, just this be like, hey, we're going to see some black. Yeah, yeah. And I, everyone agrees. Do you do that, Andy, in your teaching? Uh, you know, I have like when notes. You, when you show, when you show the jazz singer, yeah, exactly. Chinese. In my Chinese history class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the worst class. is I have, you know, photographs which are like, you know, people who are dead, you know, from, from wartime. And I have in my notes like trigger warning, but I always like forget. I just kind of throw them on the screen. I'm like oh. you shouldn't look at this if, yeah. after they're on the screen. I'm like oops, you apologize after. Yeah, but you know, I cover my butt. I think the interesting thing is, and I think this is what we're interested in. It seems like he is a Chinese immigrant, and yes, he's been in the country for thirty years, so we don't know him personally, so we don't know how attuned he is to U.S. racial politics. But it does seem like he is a Chinese immigrant being th- being measured against a sort of racial politics in this country that is very domestic uh in its reference points and also kind of ahistorical in all of its reference points and so we feel like there's a mismatch uh where he yeah. like comes from 
you know, he's lived in America for 30 years, so we don't want to like totally be like, oh, he just came off the boat, you know? But he, like, it's it's plausible to me that he's like, well, I know about, you know, the history of this country, um, but it also seems, but I also did not realize like showing this film was going to trigger this, you know, or what was going to cause this huge outcry. Um, and even if he, and if he went further and yeah. said, you know, as an artist, like I like I show this film all the time, or I've shown it in other classes, and it was fine, you know, where he, like he might be, he might be, uh, you know, we could say he should have been, but he he just happened not to be as up to date on these sensitivities. Right. That yeah. seems like completely plausible right. as not a crime, but he's being treated right. by a lot of the students. Are we infantilizing and, uh, him though? Uh, that, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know him obviously, and I don't know like. Um, and we don't want to infantilize them, but it does seem like a lot of the reaction is like anyone in America knows you can't right, right, do right, this right, now. Right. And that's, that's not true. Right. And it's that's very. And I, I, yeah. I gotta say like, you know, I, I, Andy, I agree with you and Tammy that, that he should have said something before the thing. Right. I think that the issue here comes down to how people rejected his, the tone of his apology. Yeah. yeah that was, you know, and that's crazy. the part where I'm just like, come on, you know? Yeah. This is just some Chinese. Just like dude. purity testing. Yeah. This is this yeah. is Chun Tao Shang. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Chun Tao's husband. He just got oh. a he just got a he got a fucking kidney and this white woman is fucking hounding him. And you know, now you're trying to now you're trying to cancel him, you know, and he's yeah. just like he's like, Oh, I all I think about is how to make the you know, <laughs> come on Jay. poems a long way. <laughs> oh, sorry, am I being racist? <laughs> Oh my god! So How do bad. I mix Faraday with the poems of? Okay, I won't do an accent. How do we mix Faraday with the poems of Wang Wei? Right, you know? right. Uh, <laughs> uh, stopping by night to drink the wine by the moonlight. You yeah, know? yeah. What does that sound like with uh, Puccini in the background? Right, like that's what he's thinking about, yeah. right? I mean, it sounds like I like actually that, think what I just said is not racist. I actually no, think yeah, that, yeah. That, that probably well, now is that what you he's took the off, about. now that you took the accent off. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think I feel like I have the license to use problematic Chinese accents. Yeah, you're allowed. To. I think it's fine. Yeah, because if Andy used like a problematic Korean accent, I would not blink. I'd be like, Andy, that's your right. I don't even know the difference. Asian Asian American solidarity. Yeah, it's all the same. Uh, I I taught him. Wait, you don't know the difference between a Korean and Chinese accent? Mm-hmm. What's a Korean accent? Oh my god! Well, yeah, there's definitely Korean accent. I'm really bad at doing it, so yeah. I can't. Is it more? All right, I don't want to. Anyways, yeah, okay. Okay. then mine's over. Come prepared with that next We're time, Andy. But canceled. Please the buy the one thing I was going to say is I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I taught Studs Turkle mm-hmm. recently, and you know he has these oral histories, and in working, the N word is used a bunch. Right. Right. Um, not in a good way usually. And I didn't do a trigger warning, but when it came up in the class, like I, I talked about it and the book doesn't censor it it. The book doesn't censor it. No. Yeah. No. I mean, it's an, it's an old book, but you know, and, um, right. I don't, the students didn't freak out. I guess I was a little bit nervous, but I, I just assumed that they would understand like my, why I was doing it and like what role that the interview right. played in the that's the thing the i mean i know jay doesn't want to talk about that medium post but it just seemed like this they're treating it there's a contradiction right on the one hand i think they're saying uh we could have had a conversation but he just didn't prepare us in time on the other hand they're treating it as such a radioactive thing that it should just kind I of know. be like you know locked away and never touched yeah, yeah. and that's a contradiction yeah, right like, yeah it wasn't like he didn't it was not. basic 
it was look it's not it's it, it the way that they were talking about it was not that like the person did not follow the protocol to not traumatize some of the people in the class who might have been traumatized by this right the argument was essentially that we shouldn't have to watch this you know yeah. and that if we exactly. do it needs to be perfectly presented but by witnessing this, we were victims, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, look, I don't want to be all like fucking, um, you know, heterodox academy about this, but like you are music students learning about American music in a lot of ways, right? If you do learn about American music, like how are you going to learn about the history of American music without talk seeing people in blackface, yeah. right? Right. You can't talk about the creation of jazz. You can't talk about Louis Armstrong. You can't talk about any of the stuff happening in New Orleans and St. Louis without talking about blackface. You know, like you can't talk about like sort of Bix Beater um, and uh, and like white musicians that were doing jazz back then without talking about the about this about the specter of blackface on it. Yeah. And so yeah. if the argument is essentially that we can't talk about this stuff ever, we can't see this stuff ever, then you have sort of intellectually impoverished yourself. And yes, I did think that that Medium post was doing, was doing that. But I also feel like this young man will grow up and right. he'll realize that like this stuff is yeah, interesting. And I don't, I don't like judging. But then there's like professors who are jumping on it. You right. Know? Now, let's yeah, talk about the professors because that's who we can talk what about. What is going on with that? The woman pronouncing oh, I don't with know. the K. Like and wasn't she from a completely different department? Like, what is she even? Well, there was one woman who is in her department who came uh, in his department who came out and basically said, I stand with our students. And then she tagged like the, the Pulitzer Pulitzer community right. and the Mark MacArthur Foundation, right. all this sort of stuff. And she's like, what are you doing? It's wild. You know, like this is like Don behavior, right? It's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like an attempt to like try and destroy this person's future opportunities because so you've determined that he's a racist yeah. you know and like i'm sorry you know like there's the thought of like a music professor at the university of michigan how comfortable that life must be in a lot of ways and just like sort of you know whittling these like jealousies and fine-tuned or the finely honed like uh you know petty grudges against Great people and then yeah. unleashing them in these moments like it's just gross behavior that's all i think yeah yeah, it's, I mean, that uh, that passage that Tammy sent us and she referenced earlier was so interesting because, like you said, he has thought about this stuff. He has thought about should Asians play white people, should white people play Asians yeah. or black characters and so on. Um, and that's that doesn't get presented at all, obviously, in his apology or even in the coverage of it. So it, there's a, it's almost unfair to him that a lot of the coverage is like, he just doesn't know. He's, he's from China. Like that's, yeah, I was going to say. Right? But on the, to the contrary, right? He's actually thought about this in a lot of contexts beyond the black, beyond black, white, but also black, white. And uh, it would be, I don't know. I wonder if he, if that, you know, but I, I wonder if they would even listen to that, you know, defense or be open to. I don't think so. Right. I mean, I think that's why like in the apology, he's leaning on like, doesn't he say something like, oh yeah, I obviously need to think more about American race relations. Or yeah. Something it's like it's that? really clumsy. Where he's something... like, I just did research, like NBA players researching the vaccine. He's like, I just did some personal research and I found out that. <laughs> Racism still exists. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, like this guy is really. He's like Andrew, he's like Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... someone should. I mean, that was really dumb because he, like, yes to what Jay said in terms of the history of this stuff in American music, but like also in the, like the 300 yeah. year history of classical, Western classical music, this is like a thing in terms of the way yeah. things are cast in operas and like representations of different ethnic right, groups and right, stuff. And so he's right. no dummy about it. And yeah. I mean, his apology was definitely ham-fisted, but. 
Yeah, I agree. There's something about this that just feels like, okay, now this entire, let's rope off this entire section. Right. Yeah. And music people are weird. <laughs> that's your, that's your conclusion. Right. No, I mean, like, I just, I don't know. Classical I, music is an incredibly think, right. petty, it's horrible tough. It's a tough place. world. And it's one where it's a winner take all thing, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like writing, but, um, I think worse, right? I like think the, worse. Because you yeah. follow the Phantom team, like winning, winning, winning on audition is what you call it, right? It's like insane. It's just a win. It's like a winner take all type of thing. And unlike writing where it's just like, okay, I tried to be a writer for five years. And um, these people have, I, I guess I'm a little different because my mom made me practice writing my entire childhood, you know? But like uh, every day, like it was a musical instrument. Um, but you know, like these are people who have practiced the violin every day since they were five, you know? And so like, and since they were talented, they're just surrounded by other musical people at their entire lives. And yeah, they're some of the like least socially artful people I've ever <laughs> met. This, so it doesn't make, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that Bright Shang doesn't know how to apologize while being canceled. You yeah, know. I almost wonder yeah. if someone, someone, would someone trained that, you for that. You know. What I should say is that someone should be like a cancellation consultant, you know, <laughs> and someone should have reached out to Bright Shang during this. Maybe even the university might have helped him, yeah. you know. Yeah. But they basically just let him do it himself. And yeah, yeah, where was the faculty union? Well, it also seems tisk, like tisk. sorry. Right, right. The other thing going on is that the other people who are not directly involved understand that, like administrators, know that the best in in, in any sort of gray area should just default to you know, whatever, whatever is seen as anti-racist. Uh, right. And that is like the safest position. Yeah. Um, and yeah, especially because, yeah. you know, maybe they think deep down he's safe and he'll never get fired. So it's just one class and so on. Uh, but to like avoid some sort of uproar, some sort of like, you know, uh, uh, controversy over like statues or whatever, that you just like side with whatever complaint in advance. And that's, that's what I think a lot of this is. There's sort of like this, racial politics in the air and then the music students are trying to like adopt it into their discipline into their department and it's coming off in a sort of unthoughtful way as again like kind of black like sort of erasing or like you know this is just kind of being applied mechanically in a way that's like well blackface that's out you know as opposed to like a more thoughtful <laughs> historical approach um right. i don't know these spaces i assume are like mostly white and asian students like like it's like because it's a classical class. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> so I, I am curious, like, um, A, I'm like, curious, like, what do the Asian students think about it? But also, like, is it mostly just, like, white liberals on who are angry on behalf of Black classmates? Like, is or is this being led by um, Black students who are offended, you know? Like... I don't know. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like one of these That's things where you think... It, there's part of you that always just thinks... Okay, is there a population? We're old on this show, except Andy. I'm like three years. Cammy and I are old. <laughs> We're old, and like I know, I was in college 22 years ago, you know. Um, and so part of you thinks, okay, are there kids on college campuses who are so mean, you know, and are so intolerant? And have whipped themselves up into this fervor where they do this sort of stuff that everybody kind of agrees. Like, I wish you hadn't done that, you know? <laughs> like, I wish you wouldn't 
right? Like it's sort of the, like, yeah. I don't want to, and this is like the question that I always pose about like the left, which is like, at what point do we have responsibility to step in and just be like, hey, stop, you know? And because students. I think the general, yeah, or like anything like this, right? To yeah. like, you know, to like Robin D'Angelo even, right? <laughs> just be like, hey, cut it out. Don't do it anymore, you know? <laughs> like it's making me look bad. I'm not white, you know? And like, like I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't want to go to like a meeting at work where like I have like where I can say like, hey, 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 Carol, shut the fuck up. I'm talking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sit in your fucking white fragility. You know, this is about me. This is me time. Every other time of the day is you time. This is me time. I don't want that oh shit. You know, I don't want people thinking that I want that shit. You know, but at the same time, it's just like, look, do I join the right? You know. <laughs> No, 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 not do I physically join, do I actually join the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, should I say things that will be picked up by right wing? Right. So for example, right now, I have noticed that like uh, half of the conservative, um, I wrote this tweet this morning that I was like, hey, how about you have it so that not everyone who reviews my book is Asian? You know, it's okay. Like I would love, for example, to have a review that was written by somebody who was Latino or black, you know, yeah. or even white, yeah. you know? Like, I don't, I already know what all the Asians are going to say, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, especially the ones who hate me, you know? And like, uh, like, why, why, why are you doing this? This is a book about immigration. It's about the demographic change in 1965 in this country that didn't just affect Asian people, right? And don't be so prescriptive because you're afraid of being canceled. Right. Now, this tweet is now being retweeted by many of the, many, many of the brights bright stars of the right you know it's <laughs> like should i have said it or not you know and i'm just like no i'm still gonna fucking say it right because i think this is stupid but there is a point where it's just like am i gonna really harangue a 20 year old kid at the university of michigan yeah. right. you know and like so it's a t it's a difficult line right. and for this one i just think i hope bright shang is fine you know i think if he's like fired then people should like probably say something and stand up for him but we should monitor the situation okay <laughs> from afar yeah right but we are also saying i mean i don't know people have said stuff about it right i do and i do think that there is a f element of it where they are bullying like the fucking yeah chinese dude it, yeah it did go away pretty fast on at least on my well twitter sammy point, deleted but... his twitter account so. yeah yeah I think, oh the kid yeah i did think it was i think they're absolutely i think they're absolutely bullying the chinese guy and i don't yeah. you know and i don't think th i think that's bad because like with the like with the chunky monkeys and Don, I just don't like bullying is like something I just hate. And yeah. I think this is bullying. Yeah. Yeah. I did think it was funny how synchronized the the fart right was with the cultural revolution line about Yeah. That yeah, is no, so no. funny. We lived through the cultural revolution and now I should have known that the cultural revolution. They were fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> Rand Paul Rand Paul had it going. You know, Rand Paul No way. Just, yeah, Rand Paul was like, he's, he, uh, you know, his Rand Paul way, he's like, uh, you know, Bright Shang just uh, flew, uh, survived the cultural revolution, Mao's cultural right. revolution, but when he couldn't, he could survive this. <laughs> I don't know. I, can I say, like, from a pure debate standpoint, Andy Lou, that that's a pretty fire argument, yeah. you know, just like, whoa, 
the new cultural revolution right right it's the point i was like i wish i had thought of that one you know i wish i could use those types of crazy symmetries for our side (laughs) (laughs) there's gonna be another harper's letter oh yeah yeah, (laughs) no i mean i don't know i i I, okay last question i have and then we're at an hour 40 and you know what this has been very therapeutic because i was having the worst week worst like extended two weeks of my life well no that's not true I would say that when I had cancer, those were the first oh, weeks of my life. This, is, this was second, you know. Um, Andy Lou and Tammy Kim, thank you for allowing me to just ramble on here. It is therapeutic. But the last question I have, all right, like, do you actually think something weird is going on in college campuses that's probably bad for people? Uh, that's like a very general question. Like, yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, in terms of this, like, this kind cancel of stuff, yeah. It's not happening at my school, but I have heard stories of other schools. Um, is something happening with, like, you know, the identity stuff being weaponized against people? I think it mostly has, like, like I was kind of saying before, it mostly has legs when there are powerful interests behind the reaction, like, against... Um, right, 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 right. What's his name? George Sicarella Mahler. Right, Actually, I guess right. that's for the right. That's a totally different situation. Uh, when the when the left does it, I don't know. Do 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 like do left wing cancellations ever actually effectively follow through? Because the right wing ones are the ones that are actually effective and get people like Steven Salado, yeah, yeah. yeah. and George Mahler, you know, kicked out of their jobs. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And or I think Steven Salida or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I do think it's there is a weird kind of anti-intellectualism that's happening, but I don't know if you could say that it is more than just like annoying. It's annoying to talk to these people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Tammy, saying, what do you so think? you're at the hey, how how about you not do that? It's just like it. I don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't put as much stock in like eighteen or twenty one year olds thought as some people like to do with yeah. like their this is the next generation kind of stuff like, i'm gonna send this clip to your <laughs> students andrew yeah. rate, rate my professor yeah. rankings go precipitously like, he doesn't seem to appreciate yeah. respect my opinions um, maybe if they talk more in class i would expect more but uh. okay tammy kim your thoughts i i guess i've been thinking about whether it reflects something about a particular kind of powerlessness that that students are feeling on campus. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just reading everything in terms of the pandemic, but it just seems like everybody is so messed up right now and yeah. consumed with anxiety that, and and then with the pandemic and with Black Lives Matter last summer, that everything is so just like intensified. And I can't imagine, like, it feels that way for me. And so like in an adolescent body, like what's going on with these people? Um, yeah, it just seems symptomatic of some bigger sort of mental yeah. health thing that's going on. Not that this is new. Of course, there are always these things that come and go, but it that's the way I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I think students are fed up right now in general. Yeah. I would be too if this was my college experience. It's very hard. Two years of this crap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 But this predated the pandemic. It did. Right? It did. You know. It just, there seems to be a particular intensity right now. For now, I'm just going to say, the stuff that the right is doing on college campuses around poly, around protest is actually meaningful, you know? Like saying you can't stop in a street or stand in a street or else somebody can run you over. Like, that's a law, you know? So in comparison, I will say that this stuff is bad. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. or is not as bad <laughs> or even close to as bad, right? 
And I do think there's a way in which it's sensationalized that is unfortunate, right? At the same time, I don't know, big can we not, I think is, is in order. <laughs> yeah. Like just, just like, you know, like you can handle this thing. And that's where I always just say, you know, like there was this part of that kid's post that was like saying that the dean had asked them to go talk to the yeah. professor, but like they couldn't go talk to him, obviously, because he's so powerful that he would destroy their careers. Like, first of all, I don't believe that this kid thinks that, you know, I think he's lying. And secondly, I will <laughs> say that like that that's crazy to think. And third you know what, if that's true, then have a little bit of like courage in your convictions and like do a little bit of self-sacrifice. And if bright Shang is going to like destroy your career, like it makes no sense. You know? Also, um, writing like, then, then maybe that's something that you can like deal with as part of your life of being like a good person who's willing to personally sacrifice for things that you think are right. You know? Yeah. Go donate a kidney. <laughs> Yeah, go Danny. On that note, great ending capper to the show by Pavey Kim. Uh, thank you for listening to our Andy, did you have something else you wanted to say? No, just uh, if Bryce is that powerful, then why did you write the Medium post publicly outing him? Right, 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 right. He's really going to destroy your career <laughs> yeah. now. And not just him. I am. You know, try getting journalism now. Um, I'm just kidding. I would never interfere with a young man's dreams of becoming a journalist who gets yelled at on Twitter by mean people. Calling him a race trader. Living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening to our show. We do this every single week. Sometimes we do it twice a week. You can support our show at goodbye.substack.com where you will have an option to subscribe for $5 a month, which you will get access to our Discord server. If you want to see five hours of me typing the same thing over and over again about how I'm team Don, while other people say, wait, what, what do you, can you explain more and me just retyping the same thing? <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yes, please join. Um, you can still listen to the show without uh, subscribing though. You know, we try and do this for free. Like we want people to listen and we don't want there to be too many barriers to listening. And so uh, you can also support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash pod. If you would like to email the show, it's time to say goodbye pod at gmail.com. But probably the easiest way to get in touch with us is to just dm us on twitter at ttsg pod did you see that was amazing nice job you should just clip that and just play it every episode i know i know know. it was like i was reading off a script but there's no script it's just that we've done 101 episodes at this point i've memorized it um okay thank you um oh yeah and please buy my book it's really important this week is what they've said for me to sell a lot of books and afterwards I don't have to sell that many. The first week is important, oh, right? Really? Okay. Isn't that right? I don't know. I don't know. That's good to know. Yeah, I, I do think that if you enjoy this podcast that you will like the book and you can argue with me about it. I don't know. Why are people mean like this? Clout. Is that it? Like, I just, I just don't get it. I, I, I don't think I've ever called someone a race trader, you know, ever. Yeah. Like, I even, can, I even like, I even like defend conservatives, you know. It's like you shouldn't call them a race trader, you know. They might just like get something. It's just like the best case scenario is that they are offended that you're dismissive of a group category that's meaningful to them. Yeah, but. That's an argument, right?
that I've and been willing to And this is their way of engaging with the it's fucked up. It's like a fucked up mentality. Don't call people those. Please enjoy the weekend. 